0: Welcome to the Idea Fit Pro Show with your host, Sandy Todd Webster. Greetings to our global fitness family. Thanks for joining me on another episode of the Idea Fit Pro Show. This is Sandy Webster, Idea's editor in chief, and your host for the podcast. Thanks very much for devoting a part of your day to listening in. In today's episode, I chat with Dina Blair about the importance of being a well-rounded business person in the fitness and wellness industry. While sales and marketing are often weak points for entrepreneurs in our business, Dina emphasizes that it's essential to thriving in our tumultuous economy. Dina is an experienced fitness business consultant with a proven track record of coaching and leading teams to exceed monthly sales initiatives and improve the overall client experience through high-touch service and comprehensive programs. She is a certified personal trainer and group fitness instructor with an exceptional understanding of the balance between the business and service sides of the fitness, health, and wellness industry. She has many strong insights and ideas, so let's get right into the conversation. Welcome to The Pro Show, Dina. Thank you. I'm, I'm so delighted you were able to join me today. Thank you so much. I'm thrilled to be here. Excellent to see you. I would love it if you could get our conversation started by introducing yourself and describing how your path in the fitness industry evolved. Absolutely, well, my name is Dina Blair. I actually started in the industry
1: a very long time ago working um, at a diet center when I was about 18 years old. I started out, I guess, more on the nutrition side of it. And then when I was in college, I worked for Jenny Craig as a program director at the same time, I was teaching group fitness classes. So, Jenny Craig was my introduction to um, a planned way of selling non tangible services. Mm-hmm. And I was, I loved it. It was so amazing because I realized I was really helping people live healthier lives um, through nutrition and fitness. So, after teaching group fitness, of course, got my personal training certification, which is natural progression from there. Um, was an athletic director, a studio manager, so various roles in the fitness industry, Um, and just really enjoyed working with people, as most of us do, helping them live healthier lives.
0: Yeah. So, um, as you mentioned, you're you're a sales and marketing expert in yes. the industry. Um, and I, I think that's kind of a double whammy Achilles heel for most mm-hmm. fit yeah. pros. It's probably safe to say that the pros who have hung in during COVID-19 are more skilled than most in these areas. Mm-hmm. What is your best advice for embracing the fact that that our pros must do these things in order to survive and thrive. Yeah. And it's typical.
1: So most trainers that I meet that I've worked with, um, we just think that clients are going to fall from the sky, right? Just because we're certified, we have these different certifications. And the key to being successful is the same thing we tell our clients is to be consistent. Um, We want our clients to, If they have a goal of losing 20 pounds, we tell them they need to do this amount of cardio a week or they need to train with you however many times a week. It's the same thing for running your business, being successful is being consistent with your marketing, being consistent with your follow-ups, being consistent with inviting people to be a part of your your membership team or being a member of your your club or being a part of uh, your training clientele. And it's, it's
0: practice too. It's, it's muscle memory. Mm -hmm. You're not going to learn this stuff overnight. And so um, I know you led a crash course recently on, um, on sales and marketing at idea personal trainer Institute. What key areas did you cover and what's the degree of difficulty to execute the game plan you laid out? Okay. So we go, we went through the actual complete sales cycle. So we start
1: with marketing Uh, Talk about prospecting, going into setting the appointment, as well as the needs analysis, um, overcoming objections or obstacles, and then the price presentation, and also include referrals. So the entire sales process we go through during that crash course. Walk us through each of those steps briefly, if you oh, can. Okay, <laughs> I could talk about it for days. <laughs> um, but I think what stands out the most uh, when I, whenever I teach about sales and growing a, a successful business, is the needs analysis. So I spend a lot of time talking about the importance of the needs analysis, asking the right questions, um, asking more questions than speaking. You know, really getting to know the person that's in front of you. Um, th- something that I think is unique in my approach is that we learn to overcome objections during the needs analysis, as opposed to getting to the price presentation, presenting your pricing and the options, and then the person that you're looking to start training with you says, oh, I need to think about it, or I have to check my finances, or I have to ask my partner. So um, getting those obstacles out of the way during the needs analysis makes the closing process, the price presentation, a bit more
0: seamless. So I would say that that probably is um, what stands out the most. Mm -hmm. And what exactly is entailed in the needs analysis? Is it sort of like a par queue, like an intake, a questionnaire that? Well, it's separate. So the the
1: par queue is the um, the technical side, right? Whenever you're doing initial consultation with someone, you need to know their medical history. This is more the, um, what makes losing this weight important to you mm-hmm. this is you know what's gotten in the way of you being successful with this before so these are the questions where you're getting to know the person that's in front of you and figuring out how you can help them be successful you'll hear me say in any of the seminars that I that I facilitate is remember we're solution seekers not are we looking not only are we looking to help people live healthier lives but we're finding out a way to
0: do it that works for them and meeting them where they are mm-hmm Yeah, that totally makes sense. Um, Where do you think fit pros fail most often in sales and marketing in in this process? If they could do one or two things to improve their outcomes, what would you suggest? Well, again, I would definitely say be consistent
1: in your marketing and really figure out who it is you're looking to attract. I think sometimes as, as fitness pros, we um, want to help everyone, which we can help everyone. But if you're looking to grow your business, you have to be specific with who it is you're looking to attract and your marketing needs to reflect that. So that, that, those would be a couple of the tips. Mm-hmm.
0: And how, how can a fit pro practice um, strengthening these skills? Well, definitely. Uh, well, now that we have Google, right
1: (laughs) and and now information is great on the internet but definitely you know taking the time to for personal and professional development i think that's really important like attending conferences like idea Mm -hmm. you know going to conferences like this and learning more about what's going on in the industry or even if you've been in the industry for a while getting a refresher so i would say you know commit yourself to professional and personal development because that helps you become
0: a better fit pro Mm -hmm. and uh, in in terms of like when they're actually running their business um should they practice on friends should they role play they should practice on
1: everyone Mm -hmm. they because you you're not going to lose if that what i mean by that is if someone gets in front of you and it's a potential client they're not your client anyway not yet so you know write down some questions that you know that you want to ask and have a kind of a general script in mind and get really comfortable with that script and know when you need to make a right or a left turn Mm -hmm. but have a general set of questions you know that you need to know as a personal trainer before you start working with someone what do you need to know well you need to know what their exercise habits are. You need to know what do they like, what they don't like. You need to know if they have trouble with nutrition. You need to know if they have support at home. So getting those general questions in mind and practice. And whenever you sit down with someone, if they don't start training with you, ask the question. Mm-hmm. You know, Ask and say, hey, I'm just curious, what's keeping you from getting started with me today? Because that's going to help you become a better trainer because you know to ask that question, the next person that you meet, you can make that a question whatever it was that kept that person from getting started, if that makes any sense. Totally.
0: Yeah. yeah. So um, I know another course you taught at PTI was focused on building stronger client connections for long-term loyalty, Mm -hmm. specifically related to clients' dominant personality types and learning Mm -hmm. styles. I found this really fascinating. Excuse me. I've covered a lot of retention strategies over the year, but this approach was new to me. Can you please uh, walk us through that? Yeah, so fun, <laughs>
1: because who doesn't like learning about different personality profiles? <laughs> um, so yeah, so basically, I, I thought about this because there obviously we have two dominant personality profiles. We've we've learned that in learning styles, and what I found that it's really helpful if you can pick out specific personality traits with people that you're going to have an initial consultation with or members that are attending your group fitness classes if you can pick out certain personality traits you're less likely to be offended um, when they you know get upset because somebody's in their spot in their group fitness class or when they over talk you not because they're trying to be disrespectful but they are a green personality profile and those are more dominant and they like to control the conversation and they have their own ideas so once you have a better understanding you can recognize those traits, you will increase your retention rate and your conversion rate. You know, and don't take things to like, oh my gosh, I did something wrong. It's understanding who's
0: in front of you. How many personality styles have you identified and what are they and how do you respond to each one of them?
1: So what I what I use in the, the um, course that I taught at IDEA PT Summit was the true colors personality profiles those are green orange blue and gold mm-hmm.
0: um, What was the second part of your question well so walk us through each one of those okay. what, what is a green like <laughs> what is a blue yeah
1: so if you've heard of like ABCD the green is like an A personality type um, the B is orange is like a B so mm-hmm. they're more social mm-hmm. um, they're the ones that want to know who's gonna be there mm-hmm. um, and then the C that's the gold is the C personality type and then the blue is D so the D so green is more like a type A, where they're more straightforward. They like to make the decisions. Um, they know exactly what they want, and they want you to show them how you can give them what they want. Mm-hmm. Um, the orange is the B. Like I mentioned, they're more like, who's going to be there? Who's done this workout before? Um, they like the social aspect of it. They're pretty more. they're like a lot more flexible with, um, say, if you're working out in the studio, and then you decide you're going to take them outside, the orange is going to be totally fine with that. Yeah then you have gold where they're a bit more uh, process oriented. You'll have to explain the steps. They're going to want to read the contract. Actually, they'll probably have read the contract before <laughs> you meet with them. <laughs> those are the seed personalities. And the, i um, sorry, the um, gold personalities. And then blue, uh, those are looking for stability. They're the ones that if you take them from the studio to outside, they're going to want to know, like, why are we not In the studio, like I don't feel comfortable, you know, leaving the studio. That's my safe space. So you'd have to let them know in advance that there's going to be a little bit of a change in their session.
0: And so you're you're tailoring strategies to each personality, and um, I mean, I'm sure it's not foolproof, but you get close most of the time. It seems like closer than you would
1: if you didn't know right closer than you would if you weren't aware of these different personalities you know so if you have a client that is a blue or you're meeting with someone and they want them they need to know that that they're going to be secure that you're going to do what you said you're going to do that you're going to be there when you said you're going to be there mm-hmm. and that helps them feel confident in you when you're dealing with that blue personality so you'll recognize that you'll know because they'll ask you questions right. like where exactly do i need to meet you and you know what time and the gold will want to know the entire process you have to explain what's going to happen you know so, every detail yeah and you'll start to pick up on it you know there was somebody actually in a course that i taught um at the pt summit and There was something that I said, I wish I could remember off the top of my head, but right away I was like, she's gold. (laughs) Like I can tell right now she's gold. Oh, because we were, uh, we did the COVID testing. So we're a little bit behind Mm -hmm. and she didn't realize that. So she's probably uh, a gold blue. And she was like, wait a minute, wait. So we're not starting until 830. Mm -hmm. And I was like, nope, we're starting at 830, you know, not a big deal. And she, in her mind, she was like, well, that's not what it said. It was supposed to be 815. It was supposed to be 815. So... (laughs) I didn't take it if I didn't realize her personality profile, then I could have been like, did I do something wrong? Is she mad? Is she gonna leave? But I'm like, no, she's a gold blue. That's what that is. And she was, and so she asked questions later on during the seminar and I was like, yeah, I nailed that one. She was
0: definitely that personality profile. So with your process, do you ask, uh, do you have a questionnaire that helps you identify what personality type they are?
1: Well, only when, um, so when I, When I facilitate the course I have a personality profile that the people attending my course they take so it helps them understand the different personality profiles but I don't have anything where um, if you're working in a studio where you would ask those types of questions of your potential members or
0: clients. Okay, got it. Um, do you, can you share a case study of a business you consulted for that changed their approach using the strategy? Um, I'm curious to know what changes were made, maybe what the results were, and then how long does it typically take to see the results? Okay.
1: Yeah, so I worked with a women's-only uh, fitness studio about a year ago, and it, it's all tied together. So you've probably heard um, being in sales, it's important to be like a chameleon you know, being able to kind of change with the person that's in front of you. And with this particular client, it was more about um, understanding the different types of people that come in and helping them recognize the traits like I mentioned before. So someone may come in and they're really bubbly and super talkative and because of that, as the membership representative you may not dive into the needs analysis as much as you should because this person seems super talkative and open and when it's time to close they don't join Mm -hmm. and you're like well they were so talkative i don't understand why they didn't join so because of that they were skipping over the importance part of the needs analysis of finding out like what the person's goals are why those goals are important they just thought that this person was going to join based on how friendly they were well that's an orange you know they're friendly they're outgoing they like to talk to people but you still have to take the time to get that information that um you need to help them be successful. So that's what we honed in on with this particular client is like, let's take a minute to, and it's all tied in, tied in together. Let's, let's let's take a minute to go deeper into the needs analysis. Let's ask the right questions. Let's find out what these people are motivated. So it's interrelated. Like the more questions you ask, the more you find out the personality that you're working with. Um, and as far as the success rate, that's just they they turn their their business around in about 30 days, but mm. it just depends on how quickly you're how you're, quickly you um, implement what you've learned and your team, like right right <laughs> who's on your team who's on board and thankfully for her she had a great team that um, were strong in different areas and able to,
0: to keep her going. So it really sounds like doing all of that homework, doing the leg legwork on the front end of the process. Yeah answering all those questions, um, analyzing all of that data, if yeah. you will, and then implementing it very deliberately yeah. is, is the way to go. Intentional,
1: like that's the word, right? Like being really intentional mm-hmm. with everything that you do. Every question you ask is what's the intention behind that question? Mm-hmm. You know, what are you hoping to find out about this person and how does it make you um, better in a better position
0: to help them? I love it. That's it's very cool process. Um, you mentioned the importance of the team. Mm-hmm. Um, how much buy-in or training does a business owner need from their team to achieve success with this approach? 100%. I imagine everyone needs to be walking the same talk, right? <laughs> yes.
1: I mean, even if it's not this approach, like everybody on your team has to be on the same page and they have to be different personalities too. Like you don't want a team that are all green or all blue or all orange or all gold. You want to... A variety because they they come with their strengths and yeah. that that helps you um, grow a successful business and also meet the different types of members that you'll have that are coming into your studio.
0: Yeah, that's an interesting dynamic. Do you find that the a, a green team member is going to match better with a green client, or is it? you know, do the colors cross there? Sure. Well, and, and not everybody's
1: just one, right? We have all four. Yes. Um, so it's just a matter of being able to tap into that and know when to pull out your green or your orange, you know, or your blue. So being able to relate to the person that's in front of you. And then once you start develop, developing a relationship with someone, um, you get to know, like you could just get to know each other. And it's a lot easier at that point. But that initial contact is always where, um, You have to be really
0: extra intentional, I guess. Mm. That's the thing. That makes total sense. (laughs) Yep. Um, So we all know that staff retention has been a huge pain point for business owners over the past two years. Um, Does this type of approach work as well with staff as it does with clients? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Like I said, just you
1: want to hire people that meet the needs of your business. So if you have a green person that you're hiring, they're strong, they're a leader, they have ideas, they want to you know, implement those ideas, and they can help bring along some of your newer teammates, some of the newer trainers you may have, and they'll step up to the plate and they'll do it. Um, it also helps you with knowing how to recognize these different personality profiles, too. So if you have someone that's a dominant orange, they're going to want recognition in front of everyone, right? So you know that, okay, this is what's going to drive this particular person on my team, and so
0: you're able to motivate and encourage the, um, based on that as well. Mm, got it. You know, in terms of uh, virtual, you know, we've all had to pivot and mm-hmm. um, largely our business is online now. Yes. How has that impacted what what you're doing? How, how has it impacted your approach to sales and marketing?
1: Yeah, well, for my, for my business, um, I've found that, well, the thing about consulting is people don't know that they need help until they know that they need help, if that makes any <laughs> sense. Like with consulting, you, you can see ways that people should, could do things better and get better results, but um, sometimes yet yeah, they have to come to their own conclusion. So what I've found um, for me in my business is I was a bit more proactive. Like a lot of my clients have been um, referral. But during the pandemic, I would get um, emails like on LinkedIn or whatever, and somebody would ask me, hey, you know, I'm, I'm hiring personal trainers. Would you want to be a personal trainer? Because I, you know, still teach classes. I'm still certified as a personal trainer. Um, and so I would kind of flip it and say, hey, I'm not, you know, training clients right now. However, this is what I'm doing. And if you're looking to, you know, increase your membership or your profitability or whatever the case may be, Um, you know, definitely reach out to me. I'd love to talk to you about that. No pressure. But if that's something you want to do, let me know. And so I there was a great client I got in Texas just by by doing that. Mm -hmm. So I've had to be a bit more um, proactive in that way for my business, but also taking um, trainers out of their comfort zone, like virtual. It it seems like um, this pandemic has a lot of Crazy things have happened, but it did make us pivot. It did make us realize that you know we can reach people who don't want to come into the studio or into a gym, and there are people out there who have never worked out before but felt comfortable doing it now because they're at home and they don't feel the pressure of having to go into a gym or a studio and see people work, see them working out. So I do think there's some positives in here, and if we just um,
0: look at what we can do, then we'll uh, we'll come out on top. Yeah. I mean, it seems like we are, we're able to cast a wider net for clients now. So back to the virtual question, how, how are you advising your clients to leverage virtual to market to these new audiences?
1: Yeah. So the client I actually worked with, they have a, they, a lot of the studios I worked with um, just needed ideas on platforms for virtual. Um, But what I've also emphasized is um, we get comfortable with technology and we want to do everything through technology and Candlelily and all those cool things that schedule people for us. Um, But what I've emphasized is you still have to have that personal touch, Mm -hmm. right? Because we're personal trainers. So Mm -hmm. although you are doing everything virtually, still make the phone call, you know, still make the phone call and say, hey, how did you like the session? Or, you know, I noticed um, during session today you, you know, because a lot of the people I work with are doing groups as opposed to one-on-ones. I um, I noticed during the session today that, you know, your shoulder or your elbow or whatever the case may be, but making that personal attempt as well, even if it's a text message, I prefer a phone call um, just because, again, it's that personal approach. And especially if you're looking to grow your business, you have somebody brand new um, that is inquiring about virtually training with you. You got to make a phone call or Mm -hmm. do a Zoom, you know, so you can see each other's face. Right. But there has to be some sort
0: of, um, I just think that human connection is is key. I love that. so dina before we wrap up our conversation would you please let our listeners know how they can get in touch with you through social channels or otherwise sure and then if you would leave us up with a parting thought that will help keep our pros focused and excited about the potential of their businesses awesome okay so yeah so my ig is inspire fit
1: s-p-t that's um inspire fit and is and sam p is in Paul, T is in tom my website is DinaBlairConsulting.com. um and that's the best way to reach me in my email, inspirefitsbt at gmail.com. So I welcome any um, emails as well. Um, I would just have to say this is a really exciting time, you know, and use this time to reinvent yourself or reconnect or reevaluate mm-hmm. and, and thrive because people need our help. There are so many people that need our help in living a healthier life. So, um, just push through the challenges and don't give up and, and get out there and make a difference.
0: Thank you, Dina. Thank you, you gave us so much meaningful strategic information to ponder and put into practice today. I think our listeners have a lot to be optimistic about. Thank you so much for having me. It's great meeting you too. Take care. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I loved interviewing Dina Blair. To learn more about her work or to connect with her, please check today's show notes to find the links. In the meantime, I want to draw your attention to the ongoing celebration of IDEA's 40th anniversary year and what we're doing to share our excitement with the fitness community. As a way to celebrate our four-decade milestone as an industry leader, IDEA is offering the incredible limited-time pricing for IDEA World Convention of just... $82 $82 for Idea Fit Plus members. You heard that right, just $82 for an amazing career experience you will never forget, as well as over 20 CECs approved by more than 20 certifying agencies. Act fast as this amazing deal expires in just two weeks on April 8th. Join us and experience the unique high energy festival of fitness that only idea world can deliver for more information and to lock in this crazy pricing, go to ideafitcom forward slash fitness hyphen conferences forward slash 2022 hyphen idea hyphen world forward slash. This is Sandy Webster signing off. I hope you have a wonderful week. And as ever, thank you for all you do to make the world a healthier, happier place. Please, please reach out to me or the content team at content at ideafit.com if we can help you with anything. The IdeaFit Pro Show is part of the Outside Inc. podcasting network. Many thanks to our executive producer, Jordan Leeds, and our engineer and editor, Mike Hilding. Copyright 2022. All rights reserved. Reproduction without permission is strictly prohibited.